0: up to Luke 9, I picked up a friend on the way to church this morning, Justin Bodish. And he asked on the way to church, hey, can we stop at Dutch Bros? And I said, you know, if if we need to. I guess if we got to, you know. And I am so thankful we did. Man, that's so good. And uh, and I pulled up, you know, you know you got problems when you pull up and they look at you and they know what you're drinking already. like, oh, you want a kicker? I was like, yeah, I suppose so, you know, if I have to, and so I'm just so thankful, so, so many things are good right now, so let's read and then pray, and let the, uh, today's text is so exciting, I was laying in bed this morning for extra innings because of the daylight savings, just laying there, just like, oh, this is great, this is great, and, and yet I was kind of, um, what's the right word, I wasn't really looking forward to getting out of bed, and coming here and being with you guys, I wasn't looking forward to it yet, it's like, ah, oh, can I just, you know, call in sick, and nah, that's not gonna work, and Nemo always asks me, why do you have to go preach? Can't Marty do it? You know, you know. <laughs> Nemo, Nemo. Anyways, and I was laying there, and the Lord's asking me, why don't you want to get up? What's your problem? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what to say, and, you know, I don't have anything good, and I'm just kind of, I don't really, uh, I'm not excited, and I felt bad. I was like, "Lord, well, why am I not excited? And the Lord kind of just asked me, he's like, well, what are you teaching today? What's, what's the text? You know, he's a good God. He's kind, and I said, well, it's, and I began to think about Luke and I. I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool text. It's, it's where you call the 12 that you've already called as apostles. But, but you've been working with them, and they've been watching you primarily. And now's their big at-bat. You send them out two by two. And you send them out to, to go do stuff. And they go do stuff. And when they're done, they come back and tell you. And, and you give them power and authority. And, and you give them instruction. And I begin to think about what the text is. And I'm not still not going to do it justice. I just won't because I know who I am. But the Lord asked me, he's like, do you like that story? I said, I do. I do like that story. It's a good story where God mobilizes the church. He's already called them, they're already on his team. They've been watching him do cool stuff. And the Lord is so good that he stops doing stuff and says, Now you guys go do stuff. And how exciting that message is for me as a pastor. How important it is as men and women of God who are on the team, man. We're on the team. I'm saved i love jesus i love what he's doing he says cool you want to you want to give it a try Nah, i'm good let marty preach <laughs> and, and some of us have been walking with the lord for a season or a hundred hundred seasons you know for a while and we need to re- re- be reminded of oh yeah this is fun this is fun uh, others are just figuring it out and just wondering do i have any part to play in this I love messing with my kids a little bit because I remember what it was like to be a kid. You remember what it's like to be a kid? I, I kind of remember. I like to remember. I still have, you know, PTSD from being a kid. It was scary. It was scary being a kid, wasn't it? I was scared. Scared the whole time. And so I like to scare my kids. It's fun. Uh, and so I get in their heads a little. I said, hey, what are you guys going to be when you get older? Because I know that that's a freaky question. Isn't that a freak? To me it is. Like, oh, I have no idea, you know. And I'll ask him, you what? you going to be in the ministry, you know? And you going to be a pastor or a worship leader or you want to be a cop or an EMT or what do you want to do, man? And it's fun just letting kids dream. And it's so important that we never stop dreaming. What do I want to be when I grow up? And if you already grew up and you probably need to grow up some more, you know, grow into who God wants you to be. What am I supposed to do? And even just looking around, I see some of the faces that, that have come across my path, and I see you growing. I see you coming up with ideas, and you know what I think we should do, and you know, I'm, here's what I'm doing now, and I'm growing, and I'm moving and shaking, and my roots are growing down, and my fruits are coming out, and it's exciting. And that's the story today. So that's Bible study. Let's pray and go home. No, stop. Let's read and then pray, and then you'll go home. Verse 1 of chapter 9. Then he called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, he's now assembled and equipped and sent them, and now he instructs them. He says, take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, nor bag, nor bread, nor money. And don't take two SBC hoodies, only take one. Do not take two tunics apiece. Verse four, he says, also, when you get places, whatever house you enter, stay there. And from there, depart. <laughs> Just stick and stay and make it pay, my pastor would say. That's the place. That's the place. And when you leave that particular house, don't go to the one next door. You leave and go to the next village. Okay, you've done You've preached the gospel. That's now the house that you planted the seeds of God's word. And it's going to be the truth. Leave from there. Don't just hodgepodge around. We'll talk about that when we get there. And whoever will not receive you. Interesting he would have to even say that. I mean, I don't, don't ever forget the hostility that has been <laughs> present with light and darkness as they collide. From, from the very beginning. Jesus said, don't be surprised if they hate you. Mm, they hated me first. As a matter of fact, he gives a warning in the scriptures. Beware when all men speak well of you. You're probably blowing it if you're not on somebody's list. If you're not being blocked on Facebook by somebody. Raise your hand if you've been blocked on. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I've been blocked on Facebook. It freaks me out sometimes. Whoever will not receive you, he gives them instruction. When you go out of the city, shake the, shake the dust off your feet. As a testimony against them. Just shake it off, man not your problem so i like this i got it circled actually so they departed and they went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere party town look at verse 7 now herod the tetrarch he heard of all that was done by him and he was perplexed this is herod antipas herod the great's son okay this was. Herod the Great was the one who killed the little babies when Jesus was born. And he had a son, Herod Antipas. And he's the one who had, we'll see now, killed his older cousin, John the Baptizer. He was perplexed because it was said by some that John, the Baptizer, had been risen from the dead. And also by some that Elijah had appeared. And by others that one of the old prophets had risen again. Talk about crazy word on the street about Jesus Christ. So many opinions, even like decent opinions. Jesus, oh, I heard he's one of them prophets that died long ago. Isn't that crack, cray, you know? I heard he's Elijah. I heard he's he's John the Baptist. Those are all kind of high compliments, really. And I haven't really ever found anybody in my conversating with nonbelievers or pluralistic thinkers, New Age. I've never I still don't think I've ever talked to one person who could disparage the name of Jesus. They always had something good to say about him, something good. But Jesus would say there's only one who's good, and that's God. Okay, so if you think I'm good, cool, but let's just take one O out. Don't mistake it. I'm, I'm actually God, okay? I'm not these high opinions. I'm even higher, and, and that's very important that you get that. By the way, that'll change your whole uh, projection in your life, how you look at the Scriptures, how you look at yourself, how you look at your sin. Is Jesus just an example of how to live? Good luck with that. Or is he? also your savior for when you can't follow that example yes please all we sinners sang well he, he goes on to say in verse 9 luke does who writes this herod said well john i'd beheaded but who's this of here I, of whom i hear such things i it's interesting we'll talk about it so he sought to see him It'd be interesting to see what he really did what herod did did he send him a facebook friend request Send Jesus Christ a messenger inbox note. We sought to see him. I'm going to look into that one day. I want you to see this last verse. And if it all goes well, we'll end on verse 10. It says, and the apostles, when they had returned, they told him all that they had done. And then he took them and he went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to a city called Bethsaida. Before I do my best to preach this, Do you see what just happened? He sends them out. They go do crazy stuff. So crazy is the stuff that they did and he did that government officials now heard about it. And the rumor mill was flying about, well, what's happening over there in Galilee? And when they're done, they come back to Jesus. And some of the other apostles who write this, the parallel accounts give different details. But when they show up, they're fired up. Jesus, it was crazy, man. And they begin to go into detail and tell him what they experienced what they did and what they saw and how they healed. And Jesus just listened. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, yet, and then Jesus does something very amazing. We'll, we'll see it unfold next week. It actually kind of spins out of control. But he says, let's go, let's go do some R&R time now. Let's get in a boat. Let's go to the other side and rest. A deserted place. Just the, just the 13 of us. Jesus and his 12. Because you guys have just got done preaching and teaching and sharing and healing. You guys have been all over the place. I told you not to take anything. You didn't take anything with you. You came back with nothing to either go. We were taken care of, man. It was crazy. We got kicked out of this one place and accepted in this other place. And James and John are now wanted by the law. It's awesome, you know. <laughs> and Jesus said, really, let's get out of here. You know, take takes them across the river. So let's pray now and ask God to bless our time. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word, which is so simple. It's just so simple. just so good. And you even told us that we've got to have childlike faith if we're going to come to you, if we're going to make it, if we're going to figure it out. We've got to just believe simply and simply believe. And I pray, Jesus, that the overthinker here would be relieved of overthinking. And I pray, Lord, that the underachiever here would be relieved of trying to overachieve. But that we would believe simply and that, Lord, we would simply believe. That today, every mom and every dad, every man, every woman, every young and every old person here, would just simply believe in the things of God. And then surrender our will to your will and become ambassadors again. And just say, right on, this is great. This is amazing. And then we'd receive your instruction. And we would do it. Lord, I again surrender myself to you asking that you would use me for your glory at the 9 a.m. and service to come and the one tonight. We just want to be faithful to you because you have been so faithful to us. We worship you and thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Look at verse one.
1: Then he called
0: his 12 disciples together. It says then. Now then comes right on the heels of chapter eight, the very last verse, then. After what? After he had just healed this little girl who had died, Talitha Kumai. Right after that, he just healed this little girl, and he took Peter, James, and John in there, and the mom and dad. Remember we studied that last week? And right after he had healed this person, this woman who had the 12-year issue, he'd healed her. And as you go back in, in the story and the chronological piece that Luke has put together for us, it's right after he delivered the demoniac man. Right after he combed the waves and the wind and the storm and just the craziness of it all. Right after he had been teaching and preaching on the shores and given the parables of the seed and the sower and all of the things that he had been teaching. And right after he raised the widow's son at Nain. And right after he healed the centurion's servant with the word. And, and the list goes on and on and on. You go all the way back. They've been with Jesus, the twelve. For about a year and a half, maybe even two years at this point, we've been cooking. You guys maybe don't know that, but we've been cooking. And they've been with them. They've been seeing it all. And wouldn't it be just exhilarating to wake up every day? And be like, Can you guys, Do you guys remember what happened yesterday? That was so nuts. And all you're doing at this point, really, is kind of assisting Jesus as he does everything. And you're walking with him, and you're excited about what's going to happen next, and you're participating to a degree, but I'll bet the boys loved walking with Jesus. I mean, how fun would it be to watch him every day deal with the demoniac and the sick and the hurting and the crowds, and then to fight with the heretics, you know, and to take on the religious people, and the whole time you just think you're a bodyguard. Like, he's got 12 of us. We could take anybody, you know. Like, that's my, I'm a bodyguard. He wants a bodyguard, you know. That's what Peter thought he was. Even in the guard, he's like, I could take him out. I could take him out, you know. And every day, I bet they were learning, and they were listening, and they were growing, having a blast, watching Jesus do stuff. And and I, I I'm right there with them. Okay, I love I love watching people be saved. I love watching people's lives change. I love hearing stories and testimonies. I love watching videos and documentaries. I don't know about you. I I love it. I love watching, okay, spectating. Like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. And you can go on YouTube, and you can go to uh, IamSecond.com. If you haven't in your life, you should. And just watch testimony after testimony after testimony of people's lives who are completely off track. And then Jesus saves them. And I love that. Here's the deal, though. I want you to get this. Okay, Jesus chooses here... And he did it earlier as well, but he does it here more clearly to keep doing those things through his, through his boys, through his church, through his people. This again is such a, if, if, if I were on the Trinity committee, okay, and they didn't ask me, they didn't invite me into that discussion. But if I were on the committee and they were deciding, how are we going to grow the church? What are we going to do? And Jesus proposes, well, I know. How about I die and pay for everything? And then I'll, I'll resurrect and ascend into heaven. And then we let the church that we paid for, we let them take the message to the masses and let them walk in the power and the miracle and let them plant churches. I would say, time out. Are you crazy? Have you seen us? Do you know how us works? You want us to, and they would say, yeah, that's what's gonna make it miraculous. That's what's gonna, that's that's Jesus' choice. He says, I've been doing it all, and I would love, even when Jesus left and ascended, they thought it was a bad idea. Hey, Jesus, you know what? You've been right every single time. I think you're wrong now, okay? It's better for you that you stay. We're really, we, we voted, we voted. We think you should stay. And Jesus says, no, no. And they didn't believe him. They didn't believe him. It's better for me that I go away. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit, and then he'll empower you to do the things that I've been doing, but now you'll be able to do what did Jesus say? Do a greater capacity. You'll do even greater miracles than me. What? You'll, you'll go out in a more diverse way, more hands, more feet. And Jesus here models what is still the current operating system of the church today. That he won't do anything without the cooperation and participation of you and me. And that should do something to you, okay? That should kind of make you wonder. Whoa. Is that true? You might say, he won't do anything without me. Last time I checked, he chooses to co-op with men and women, his hands and his feet, the body of Christ. And that's you guys who are here today. And he raises us up and he puts calls on our life and he puts equipment in our bones and instruction to our feet, just as we see in the text. How important is it that we study this portion and then overlay it on our own lives and say, Lord, what... What am, I, what am I supposed to do? I'm going to teach you a little saying that my pastor taught me. He who sees it ought to seize it. That the man or woman who feels the call of God on their life to do something, I feel like I should start a small group at my house. I wonder who's going to do it. I, I feel like I should go out and to minister to the people on the bayfront and walk the docks there and pray for as many people as I can and I feel like I should put a South Beach church hoodie on and wear it everywhere I go and open up myself for conversation to people and I feel like I should send money to Adam Durkin in Lebanon and I feel like this should happen and I feel and we have people coming to the church here and we think this should happen. Cool. Let us know how it goes. and, and we come behind that and support it and we promote it. But this is where Christianity becomes so dynamic. And and dare I say, viable. Where Christianity actually works. Because we get at the church, emails all week long. I get messages all day long of people with great ideas and needs and, and things that should happen. And the way that that will be mobilized and enacted upon is when people step up and say, I hear the call. I've got the power got the instruction, let's do it. And then you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and me, and you, and we, we do stuff. He who sees it, ought to seize it. I'll I'll use Lindsay Bales over here on my right as an example, and and I didn't ask for permission. Is that okay if I do this? I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's too late now, right? (laughs) And she she felt this desire to get clothes donated so she could dispense them in, in South County and Walport and beyond, and in tandem with the coat drive we were doing. That was something on her heart already. And that's good. Can I, can I do that too? And we being a high control church said, no, of course not. <laughs> that's not what we said. We said, yeah, this is crazy. We love it. You do it. You know, and just people stepping up to do stuff. This is how the church is going to continue. This is the viability of the church. Cause if it's up to me and, and our paid professional Christians and the staff pastors and, and the deacons and elders and to do every single thing, okay. We're going to be short-lived. You can, you can put on our gravestone, burn out. What happened? He burned out. He did everything. And in this comes delegation, okay? There's got to be delegation on the side of leadership to be able to delegate. And we're learning that you can pray for a supernatural gift of delegation, okay? And in that comes development, you know, to be developed to, to, to do the things that God would have you to do. And then, then would be the, the deployment, the actual, you know, enacting of that. And that's all a process, but it, first of all, take someone to say, yeah, I can't just expect South Beach Church or the Newport Nazarene Church or Radiant Church or Walport Foursquare Church to do it all. I can't do that. I, I need to do it. And then trust the Lord that he's going to put on your heart big and small, organized, whatever that word means, in organic ministries and places for you to serve. Jesus calls the, the guys aside. And I wonder if they're like, what are we going to do today? What am I going to do? This is going to be so good. He's like, I'm not doing anything. You guys are going out. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't say they had excuses. You know, they probably went out fired up. As a matter of fact, I have in verse 6, I think it is, uh, so they departed. We'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> they actually did it. They actually went. actually got off their blessed assurance and did stuff. Okay. So here's a couple questions. Number one, have you heard the call? Have you heard anything in your life that, that maybe you should participate in? You have to be the pioneer, okay? That's kind of a different skill set to be pioneer of ministries. Everyone has a different personality test. Hopefully you get a test, personality disposition. And hopefully you've kind of figured out who you are. You, you know, you're, you're comfortable in your skin. Like, I'm not, I'm not the type A kind of lion leader, kind of yell and scream, get stuff done person. I'm more of a, you know, an associate or a number two or a number three kind of um, assister in things. Whatever it is, okay, you be you. And here's the question. Have you heard the call? Have you, have you seen an organization or a ministry and said, that's so good, man. Makes my heart come alive. Cool. You should probably be a part of it. Because other things come and go. I read stuff. I get invited to conferences and go to seminars and I books and I all this stuff. Nah, nah, boring. boring. Ooh, this looks good. Because the Lord has individual purposes. This is what it says in Ephesians chapter 2. Specific works that he predetermined for you to walk in. Little walking stones for you. That's your name on it. So my question is, is: have you received the call? He called them to himself. They they heard his call by, by name. Have you heard the call? If you haven't, if you're sitting here asking, you know, or asking yourself or asking me, what is this guy talking about? All I would say is this: Lean into the call a little bit. Just lean in. Ask the Lord. Check your pulse. Make sure you got one. Okay, step one. Check your pulse. You got a pulse? Okay, cool. Lord, why do I got a pulse? You do you do it on purpose? Is there anything you want me, to, want me to be a part of? You want me to be a coach? You want me to be a positive, healthy adult in, in the lives of so many broken kids? Is that what you want me to do? I'll do it. I'll do it. What's the call? You want me to help out in Sunday school? You want me to, you want me to I'll, I'll just put the antenna up and God will give you. I, I've told this story a number of times. I was at the Ashland Christian Fellowship this one particular guy wanted my attention and wanted to talk after a service and, and he was talking about feeling called and feeling led and getting ready and I, I kind of was dreading when the shoe was going to drop because I kind of thought the guy was going to say I feel like I should be an elder or a deacon or on stage. I thought he was just kind of, I, th- I just felt he was pressing into a place maybe he wasn't called. And as he kept talking, he's like, I just feel called to go to the nursing homes and visit people. And I almost fell off the stage. Like, what? Nobody wants to do that. I said, this is incredible. I said, yes, let me pray for you. Let me equip you. Let me give you addresses and contact." Nope. If you feel called to that, I said, this is nothing but the Lord. To go there and minister. And, and God will give you your direction. He'll give you your steps. I was at Simon and Aletha Burns' house on Friday or Thursday. I can't remember and uh, drinking some coffee. If you ever want me to come over to your house, just say we have coffee. And it it, it may or may not work and uh, <laughs> But I was sitting there talking with him and Aletha just asked a very, you know, intriguing question. She said, "What's the greatest need at the church?" And we had a good conversation. She wanted to know, well, she, you know, how can I serve better? And their their service, they host a life group. They, you know, give regularly, they serve, they're they're in my life personally, they hold me accountable. And the first question out of Simon's mouth is, "How are you doing?" How are you doing? You know, I I, was, I love these, you know. But, but her question was What's the biggest need at the church right now? Not that she could solve it. Not that she could fix it. Because I said we need a couple million dollars for a building. Do you have that? You know? I didn't say that. But it's true. So if you're out there, have you heard the call? Have you heard the call? (laughs) That's from the Lord right there. No, no, no. Keep going, Pastor. Keep going. Okay. Second question. Just lean in to the call, okay? Put your radio up. Ask God. Ask God. You'll know. You'll know. I've asked people actually to be a part of ministry, so I, I felt that. I saw the call in their life, and, and, and if I asked them, they said, no, I'm not, I don't feel called to that. And I respect them. I said, cool, thank you. Don't ever do it then, okay? You do what you're called to do. Don't do what you're not called to do. God will show you. You're so unique and so diverse. In, in the parable text, parable text? The, the, the companion text in Matthew right here, all of the apostles' names are listed one at a time. They're very unique and different. We don't have time to go over it. We did that a little bit in Luke chapter six where we talked about Simon, the zealot and Simon Peter and Andrew and all the, these guys were very different than one another, okay? And they did things differently. And I celebrate that. The diversity in the body of Christ, okay? All over the globe in the unity that we're all serving the same master in the same vineyard for the same kingdom. As a Matter of fact, he tells them in his, his instruction, go preach the kingdom of God, okay? No matter matter how you do it, no matter what you do, whether it's a coat drive or whether it's uh, serving in the Sunday school, the kingdom of God. And let me just say simply put, the kingdom of God is anywhere where God is king. Okay, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And when you know there's a kingdom of God coming, things get exciting. Do you know this? There's a kingdom of God. Preach the kingdom of God. Now, if you don't know there's a kingdom of God, all you're hoping for is that things get worked out here on earth. Okay, you're hoping Trump finally figures it out or Trump finally resigns or, you know, whatever that, you know, you're hoping that, you're really hoping that, you know, North Korea, you know, apologizes, you know, oh, sorry, I was being crazy, you know, and you're, you're hoping for something down here. You're hoping gas prices, stay, you know, stay the same. You're hoping that there's no nuclear waste in our, you know, fish in the ocean coming from Fukushima. And you're, you're hoping on all this. I've, or if you know there's the kingdom of God, okay, you realize something. This world's broken it is absolutely broken. And as much as that bothers me, it doesn't stop me. Okay, I realize it's, it's broken. I spent some time having lunch with another couple from the church here. If you want to spend time with me, you should buy me lunch. <laughs> I'm kidding, but it's funny. But anyways, we went to deep end. Really good. I had such a good meal. It was so good. But as I was talking with this, the, these friends, they'll be here at the 11 a.m. service, and uh, he's a war veteran, and he really, really did... did uh, a service for our country and, and served, and, and hearing some of the stories, though the brokenness, the craziness, I and mean, real, these are real stories. And I just, man, the, our, our world's messed up, man. There's, there's chaos and disease and war and difficulty. And Jesus says, I want you to go out there and I want you to heal the sick. Cast out devils, which, by the way, in that culture, AD 25 or whatever, okay? That was their main need, just so you know. Demonic oppression and disease. That was So why were they given those specific gifts? That's what they needed the most of right then, okay? That's what their service was. But their message was the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. To to a Jewish nation that was oppressed by Rome. You mean we're going to be delivered from Rome? Not so much. You realize they would never be delivered from Rome they would be squashed by Rome 40 years later. They would be destroyed. And what was Jesus Christ, the savior of the world's message through his church? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. This is what helps me when I deal with families that are burying their young ones. there's There's a hereafter. There's a kingdom coming. There is a greater than this world. And when people get the diagnosis, and when people get the amputation, and when people find themselves dealing with hardships... We have an answer. There is a kingdom coming. Moses said it this way. Lord, teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. It's not all about here. The message is the kingdom of God. Have you heard the call and have you received then that that message in your heart? Secondly, I'll just say this. Have you received the power? The Holy Spirit is given in order to do what you cannot do. This, by the way, is probably the missing element in just about everything in your life that's not going well, just so you know, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. His presence in your life, whether it's marital or, or parental or social or vocational or mental or, or spiritual is the Holy Spirit's power. The, the dunamis in the Greek. This is his power in your life. He's not a force that floats around like clouds and fog. He's a person who's available to you to minister through you and in you, the Holy Spirit. He gave them the Holy Spirit, but he didn't just give them the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about this in, in a minute. He also gave them the authority. I don't know if you guys know that or saw that. Two Greek words, dunamis and exousia. He says, well, I'm gonna give you the dunamis and the exousia. Dunamis is the power. Exousia is the permission to use the power. We'll, we'll get there in a few minutes. But the, the third question is, is for you as we just keep moving on here, is have you, have you felt... The, the call and the equipping, and have you been sent? Most people in here will probably say, no, not yet. And I would just qualify this. Do you have a role at all? Not Thanksgiving roles, those are good, but a different kind of role. Do you have a, are you a husband? You've been sent. Are you a wife? You've been sent. Are, are, are you a son of God or a daughter of God? You've been sent. You have a position. Are you, are you a public servant, a first responder, a musician on stage, a citizen? You've been sent. The call, lean into it. What does God want for you? The equipment, don't try it without it. The power, the authority. But also don't, there's probably, I'm, I'm not looking at anybody right now, but there's probably people sitting here this morning that aren't doing anything. Unless I'm not looking at anybody. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing anything, but you still are called to do who you are well, your husband, a wife, uh, mom or dad, okay? The ministry will flow after that. Those are your first responsibilities. Make me the best, Ah, fire me up, Lord. Maybe you don't have a family, you're just a single person right here, cool. God, the Bible teaches you that you have a greater freedom to serve in a broader way in this season. If you're single right now, don't have any hindrances in that way, any diversified interests, yeah, cool, you can serve greatly. Now he's sending them out to be ambassadors. Okay, look at verse 1 again. Then he called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. You know, he's sending them out to be ambassadors. This, this is so important. We don't use that word very often. Uh, it's a very biblical Christian word. You, we are ambassadors. If you ever done any global studies and consider what it means to be an ambassador of a country, it's really unique. There's, you know, um, uh, what do they call it when there's a, a place in another country where embassy, you know, thank you. Thank you, Jan. And embassies were our, you know, what are they called again? The ambassadors. You know, I got it all written down here. And, and they're there, and they're, they're there. It doesn't boggle your mind when you see a U.S. ambassador at the U.S. embassy, like in a, we're in a weird country, and you're just like, they're there representing us. That's incredible. They're over there, you know, in Kenya or in, you know, Mogadishu, or they're, they're over there in, 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 in Baghdad. And you're like, I, I, thank you for doing that. That's crazy. And, you know, what's it like there, you know, and, and all the rest. And we're ambassadors here. Live, living on behalf of heaven, and that requires two things to be a good ambassador. Number one, ambassadors in other countries and embassies—they don't seek after their own agenda. Okay, you're not going to be a uh, an ambassador of another country if you're there for your own agenda. Wouldn't that be hard to represent some of these weird countries? You know, what I'm saying, like, let's say you're the ambassador of North Korea. Let's just go there, <laughs> and you're like, uh, so apparently we're mad at everybody. You know, <laughs> you know? uh, sorry about, you know, <laughs> and you're, you know, and you're there. He can't. He, you gotta, you gotta read the script. You gotta read the script. So too as Christians, you're not here on your own agenda. This will alleviate some of you guys from figuring out, what, what am I doing here? What am I, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be an ambassador. This is crazy. Not only am I not supposed to be about my own agenda, so just bring your agendas into submission, but you're too, that's passive, But you're, or negative, now let's go positive. You're to live for the agenda and success of someone greater than yourself. That's heaven, okay? You're, not, you're supposed to bring your agendas into subjection but you are supposed to be on purpose making sure that your governing kingdom is represented well and supported in all of your efforts. Isn't that crazy? That's a big word. I wouldn't necessarily just throw that word at the church. Oh, you could be ambassadors of heaven. Like, well, we've never even been there. You sure you want to do this? Yeah, I'll do it. My grace is sufficient. It's crazy. This is what he's doing right here. He's sending them out in Luke chapter 6, he gave them a new word from disciples to apostles. You guys know that. They were called apostles, sent ones. Disciples are called and apostles are sent. Our, our friends at Antioch Christian Training School have been training for two or three months now. This Tuesday, they're being sent. They've been learning. They've been receiving. They've been growing. They've been challenged. Flesh has been cut away stuff dealt with. And on Tuesday, they're going to the airport to fly over 2,000 miles south to San Miguel, Mexico. To minister not on their own agenda and for the agenda of heaven on on purpose being sent out and so too we gather here this morning in order to be stirred up and be sent out now the ministry of jesus is by and large up until this point and even beyond a come and see ministry come check it out come get fired up okay come come commit and then go and serve to To this day, we do that. We invite people to South Beach Church. We invite them to our events. We invite them to watch streams. We invite you to get excited about the Lord, but then God would call you and say, what's next? Why do you live? What do you exist for? What's the purpose of your DNA? And there needs to be a come and see that leads into then a go and serve. And so important is it that we transition from come and see to go and serve. The whole mission of God rests upon it. I don't know if you believe that. You believe that? That the whole mission of God rests upon you going and serving, doing something. Okay, now I've given you the steps. Get, get a call. Okay, I'm not going to give you a call. Get your own call. God will give you the call. People ask me all the time, why are you a pastor? I say, I have no idea. No, I'm just kidding. I say, God called me at age eight. He said, you're, pa- you're going to be a pastor. I said, no. But it was, he, he, it was a call. I didn't fake it or fabricate it. I didn't, you know. Go to Forbes.com and find out, you know, some of the best career paths, you know. pastor's not on there, just so you know. (laughs) He's not on there. (laughs) God will call you. Ask him. What, you got anything for me to do? It may not be, you know, it may be a one-shot deal. Go now to the grocery store right there. Banana aisle. There's somebody that needs to talk to you. Do it. Oh, cool. This is going to be exciting. And the Lord will guide your steps, he'll equip you, and he'll send you to do his work. I need to just keep talking, because it's running out of time. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick, and he gave them authority and power. Now, the word power, again, is dunamis, it's where we get the uh, word for our, what the Holy Spirit does in our life, it's that dynamite, that's the English word, power, okay, that's, that's, what, that's what he gave them. But he also gave them exousia, which is authority. Let me just use a silly illustration that hopefully you'll never forget. You, you, you gotta have both. You can't have one or the other, okay? You can't just have power without permission. Otherwise, you'll become reckless, okay, and, and dangerous in your ministry. You've got to have power and permission. He talks about healing and casting out demons, and yet he qualifies that with my permission. My authority has been given you to do this. And there are those who, I believe, in the attempt to follow signs and wonders and healings and all the rest, slide into the ditch of e- uh, excess, and abuse in the things of God, the powers and miracles and signs and wonders. There is another ditch over here, which is neglect to think that the miracles, signs and wonders are are done and not part of my life. And then there's the road. Lord, would you give me power? And would you give me permission? It'd be like having a Lamborghini at a red light. Lamborghini has a V12 engine, sounds, you know, you know, I've got a couple of them and, you know, kidding my kids the little ones the little ones the matchbox ones and 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 you can imagine though this lamborghini the, all the power in the world jet engine you know lights red now it has all the power in the world to go across that intersection does it not and beyond but if it goes when the light is red when there's no permission it will cause a wreck It will be disastrous. But once the light is green, now it has the permission to exercise its power. So, too, God qualifies the gifts, healing, signs, wonders, and miracles with his power. It's where it comes from. But it's got to be also based on his plan, will, and permission. What's he doing? Here in this text, he gives them kind of free reign. Go. You Go. Preach, teach, and heal freely. Trust you guys, you've been right there with me. In today's day and age, it's the same. God will give you the authority to exercise his power when it's his will to do so. And you and I have to have that sensitivity walking with the spirit, saying, I can't do this without you. Is it your will that we walk in this way and find ourselves receiving a healing and, and all of the rest that you would have us to do? Look at verse three, it tells them, take nothing for the journey, neither staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, do not have two tunics apiece. He says, this is going to be a short-term mission trip. You don't need anything. No encumbrances or hindrances. Just go. And again, this is, I I, got to teach you guys a principle of biblical study. There's three questions to ask when studying the Bible. The first one is, what does it say about God? Okay, how how is God displayed in this text? Okay, sovereign, he's in control, he's ordered, he's benevolent, kind, and generous, okay? What does this say about the text? What's going on here? That these guys are being equipped at that very moment in time to do a very unique work. What does that say about us then? That's the third question you ask yourself as a Bible study student because this text you could take and say, this is what God wants me to do. Well, that's what God wanted them to do, Okay? And you need to ask the question, what does God want me to do based on his character? Question number one, and how it looks in my life. But for them, they were to be very swift in their ministry. They weren't to take anything which would make much room for faith and for provision. Verse four says, whatever house you enter, stay there, okay? And from there, depart. When you're done, leave, okay? When you go to a ministry, when you become part of something... Be faithful until it's done. And when it's done, go do it again somewhere else. Verse 5 says, And whoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. Again, and when they heard this, I, I bet they knew because they'd seen the confrontation Jesus walked in. I think some of our Christianity today is still a little surprised at the confrontation we deal with. Okay? I, I, I mentioned earlier in the, in the opening reading you know, that, that we get hated. And it surprises me still. I, I, by and large, I think I'm a nice guy. I really try and be a nice guy. I do, I'm doing my best if I'm, I, I really am. I, I don't know, maybe I'm not very good at it. But still, people don't like me because of, oh, thank you. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it just surprises me. I'm like, wait a minute, I thought we were friends on Facebook, and I can't even see it. Oh, they blocked me. Oh, wow. You know, and I, as a man, as a we got to process that stuff. It's very superficial compared to what these guys would go through but I, I do believe that there are people here right now that don't let your light shine because I don't want to be hated. I don't want to be seen as a, a kook. I don't want to be labeled. I don't want to be marginalized. I don't want to lose the promotion. I don't want to... He says, look, if you're not received, shake it off and move on. And somebody needs to hear that today. Your, your kids don't like talking about Jesus or your spouse doesn't or your neighbors <laughs> or your, your boss or your friends. And maybe they don't even know you're a Christian. You have hidden it so well. Nobody even knows you're a Christian. I don't think that's the instruction we're given. He says, if you're not received, just move on. And I, I, need, to be, I need to be reminded of that. The Bible says that the fear of man is a snare. Okay, really, really concerned what people care, think about you. Just really letting that be your driving force. I, I gotta say it carefully. I don't wanna offend anybody. And you guys know me well enough. I'm not advocating for soapbox, you know, brimstone, kind of like, plunge your Christianity, down your throat stuff, but Jesus warned his boys, hey, it's not, not everyone's going to love you, okay, it's not going to, you're not going to be liked by everyone, and that's okay, that's okay, verse 6, it says, so they departed, and they went through the towns, preaching the gospel, and healing everywhere, I'm really encouraged by those first three words. So they departed. They actually left. They actually did it. They actually went out. Later on in the Gospels, they're going to be instructed by Jesus to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And for six years, they would just stay in Jerusalem. And maybe every once in a while, they'd say, what were those last words he said to do? Did he say Judea? I'm almost positive he said Samaria. Remember that one time he said the uttermost parts of the world? He must have been cray-cray. And for six years, they didn't do it until finally calamity hit. Persecution arose in Acts chapter six and they were forced to go to Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. Here though, Jesus says, here's what's going on, boys. All right, what are you gonna do today, Jesus? I'm not doing anything. You guys are gonna go. What should we take? Nothing. What should we do? Preach the kingdom of God and heal those who are in need. Minister to those who are impoverished. When are we gonna do this? Right now. And so they departed. Do you know what the biggest nation in the world is today? Procrastination. <laughs> China, good guess. <laughs> Procrastination, ah, I'll do it later. That's a good idea, that's a really good idea. I'll, do it. I'll, I'll talk to Joe for Shed about the Thanksgiving dinner next year, I'll, I'll go to celebrate recovery and you know, next year. I'll, I'll do it later. Whatever, whatever it is. Whatever you're sensing. I'll, I'll go to youth group. Maybe you're a high school kid. Ah, later. Wednesday nights 6 p.m. I'll, I'll do it later. Let me just ask you a few questions. How many of you guys think these men, spending a year and a half with Jesus, and I don't know the answer to this question, by the way. It's kind of a trick question. How many of you think that they knew more than you do now? Like they were more equipped than you they spent a year and a half with jesus they're right i mean they're right there with him mano y mano were they more equipped than you or are you more equipped than them okay that's scary because i'm i'm processing the answer to that question i I would venture to say we it sounds so crazy no more than them at this given at this stage now they were right there with jesus you know sharing hebrew nationals over the fire you know helping each other with their sleeping bags at night and sleeping on, you know, they were right there with them, messing with them, playing pranks on them, you know, I mean, real close. And That's pretty cool. You and I, though, we know more than they do. (laughs) We got more power. Holy Spirit's been given abroad. Salvation is now freely purchased and given. We actually have the new testament to read they didn't have the new testament they were living it they didn't have that they couldn't turn to the book of galatians or romans and figure some stuff out couldn't read revelation they didn't know the book of acts now it's all good we got all that this is where it gets scary we know more than they do and yet some of the excuses we use are i don't know enough i'm not equipped i'm just kind of a messed up person i've got a past i've got a history i've got weaknesses. I, I don't know. I, I, it's not me. Sure, people need to go serve and go to Lebanon, and, and people need to do stuff, and people need to. They went everywhere preaching. The word there for preaching is heralding, okay? I'm sure this was organized at times, library groups and Bible studies and on-campus ministries, little little places in teachers' offices during lunchtime, and I'm sure it was very organized. I'm sure it was also very organic there, just standing in line at, you know, Starbucks, Jerusalem, or wherever they were at, you know, and... You know, oh, hey, I'm out here teaching. Have you heard about Jesus, the Messiah? You know, and I'm sure it was just very. You can't give what you don't have. It's kind of like the measles. You can't give it unless you have it. These guys had everything given to them. And so do you. So do you. And I stand as as one among many here. That in and of myself, I, I don't know enough. And I don't have enough. And I'm not qualified. And the Lord says, cool. Good thing it's not about you. You are an ambassador of heaven. You have authority to sign, to speak, and to act based on what heaven has to offer and the resources therein. You're you're my you're my you're my people. You're you're my face. You're my feet. You're my hands. You're it. And yet the, the excuses come, don't they? Uh, and it's it's all mingled with hurt and fear and sin and rebellion and selfishness and you you. you, you and the Lord says, I, I want you to go. They went. I didn't get as far as I wanted to today. But in verse 10, it says they got back and they, they were excited. It was so crazy. It was so fun. We were so outgunned, outmatched Man, we were outnumbered. It was crazy. And did it work? Yeah, it was. Cr- people getting saved, and my life has purpose now. And, and that was so fun. Jesus, we were a little scared when you stayed back. We wanted you right there with us. But man, we went two by two, and we got fired up, dude. And we were kicking dust off in houses, and we were eating over here, and we stayed until we were done. Doesn't say if it was a weekend event, two weeks, three weeks, a month. Doesn't say how long they were gone. They didn't take any change of clothes. So Hopefully, they weren't gone too long. You know. <laughs> And again, I I just, there's too much pressure uh, to end this service um, with my own power. It's got to be the Lord in your life. Who are you? What does he want to do in your life? There's so much to do. There's so much fun things that aren't getting done. You could be writing letters to the inmates. You could be doing prison visits. We could help you get into the jails, okay? Hospital visits, nursing homes. Soup kitchens, homeless communities, life groups, schools, coaching, praying, giving. Read Romans 12 and 13. Read 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. Look at the gifts, the ministries. Talk to Pastor Marty or Pastor Bo or Pastor Esai. What's the needs at the church? What's, how many emails you guys get per week that aren't getting handled? What's going on? How's it going? And and get outside of this church too, okay? It's not just about here. It's so much stuff in Newport and and South County and beyond. So much. these guys had an amazing time. I'm going to have the worship team come up and lead us in a song of repentance and celebration. And as I said, there's just too much pressure for me to conclude this service right and tell you what to do next. All I want you guys to do is to delight yourself in the Lord, to shake off that stinking thinking. Did you know that amongst this group... There were terrorists, Simon the Zealot There was a thief amongst the group uh, he, There was some fearful people, some doubters, Thomas was there There were some big thinkers, Peter was there And some small thinkers, Andrew was there James and John, they were kind of violent, okay Kind of aggressive Yeah, let's go pound people's faces until they get saved You know, it's like, ah, you know Jesus told them, no, don't do it that way Stop, this. don't do it that way There was a lot of reasons Why they could have a lot of excuses Into, well, we're not going to do it But they departed And they went Preaching and teaching Did you know that those guys did not have In and of themselves the power They, they didn't have it that, that dunamis, that wasn't theirs It was a gift And I'm here to tell you, ask God for gifts. Say, Lord, would you equip me? Give me gifts. Give me some gifts. Why? So I can give them away. So I can give them away. Lord, just show me what my gift is. And maybe you're a a, a homeschool mom here today. You don't see in the near future you doing anything besides that. That is your ministry. Ask God for gifts to do that well. Maybe you just work at a small little business on the coast, It'll be you don't you don't have time. You work you work 40 hours a week. You barely make it to church. You'd have no time. You just that's your ministry. To go in God's name and to be there and to be the fragrance of Christ. Second Corinthians 2 Corinthians 2:14 says that God diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Talk to a friend out by the porta potty this morning. he said he was excited to be here so he could just rest that's what that's what we're here to do so that way we can be filled to, to go do what we do next you might not change anything you're doing this week but you could change how you do it with the power of god and get the exuza the, the authority or can i just be a little more kind and bold and loving kind? i'm gonna do what i got i can't do anything else that i'm doing but i can i can do it differently I could be a, a doctor or a servant or a, a trash collector or work at the electronics in Walmart. I can do this, but Lord, I need the power to do it. Would you anoint me to do it even better than I've been doing it? I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes right now. And, and before we take communion, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to ask God for more power to do what you're already doing and to ask God to confirm in your heart to do something different if you're, you're, you're neglecting the call. It's up to you and God, I don't know. So Lord in Jesus name These are your people This is your crew We're gathered aside here now And we want to participate To the level that you want us to That you've designed us to And So for everyone here right now I'm going to give you an opportunity If you want to avail yourself to the Lord To do what you've been doing But you need more power to be you You just need an anointing Would you raise your hand right now To be that wife you want to be To be that husband you so desire to be You know you've been doing it in your own flesh And man it's not even been, been that good Raise your hand right now if you want to repent and receive the power of God. To be a coach, to be a life group host or facilitator, to serve here in the Sunday school or to do something for the Lord, whatever it is. Raise your hand right now. Lord. do you see these hands? And, I, and my hand is up too, Lord. I want to do what you've called me to do, but I don't want to do it in my own power, Lord. So please give me that dunamis, Lord, the power of God. And may we be, Lord, subject to that exousia, Lord, that authority, the permission that you grant us to do it. You can Put your hands down. There's people here right now that are attempting to do things, Lord. I pray you'd anoint them. Bless the life group leaders, Lord, and the people ministering over the holidays and handing out coats and jackets and those who will be serving on day before Thanksgiving and the missionaries and worship teams and help us, Lord. And I would give one opportunity for you who are on the outside looking in who want to be a Christian right now. You want to be saved. I want to be a part of that. I want to live for the kingdom of God. I don't want to just live for down here. Down here is broken. It's crazy. It's no fix. Irreparably broken. I want to have an answer, though. I want to have the kingdom of God on my mind and on my lips. Would you raise your hand right now if you want to be a kingdom of God person? Raise your hand right now if you want to be saved. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Let him be your king. Live for him. Make him king of your heart and life right now in Jesus' name. And I'm looking around. I see hands up. Raise your... Jesus, I pray, save these souls right now and change their lives in Jesus' name. From the inside out, perform in them, Lord, signs, wonders, and miracles, healings, and power that their story, Lord, might be for your glory love you so much, Jesus. We just submit to you. We're here. And the only reason we're here is because you're not done with us. So now may we be blessed as we come to the table and take communion and prepare our hearts, Lord, to live for you and for your glory as ambassadors of the King. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.